Welcome to the Salesforce Drop, presented by Anubis Solutions. Each episode, we will bring you some of the best stories from the world of enterprise technology. We invite industry influencers to provide unique commentary and useful information on the stories shaping our ecosystem. I am your host, Alex Garcia, CEO and co-founder of Anubis Solutions. Don't forget to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to your podcast. On this episode of the Salesforce Drop, Salesforce plans on retiring workflow rules and process builders by the end of 2022. What does that mean for your org and what does that mean for administration on the Salesforce platform? My guest today is our CTO at Anubis Solutions, Giancarlo Passini, and myself will go into detail about our experience working with these two tools and our expectations as to how and what tools Salesforce will be building uh, to help users make this transition. So welcome to this episode. And, you know, I think that this is a really interesting topic. Um, and I'll say this because, you know, having been in the Salesforce ecosystem for over a decade, workflow rules and process builders have really been the workhorse of declarative automation in the Salesforce environments for all kinds of administrators and developers. And so, you know, I wanted to invite our CTO who has a lot of experience in building much more complex automations using APEX um, to kind of talk about why Salesforce made this decision and, you know, where, where we think things are going to go in the future. So, Giancarlo, welcome to the show. How are you doing? All good. Thank you very much, Alex. How are you? I am doing well. I'm doing well. So, you know, I'm, my mind was kind of blown by this when I saw the news from Dreamforce. And, and you know, I, I can't say I understood it fully to begin with, because as I mentioned, you know, so much of Salesforce automation relies on workflow rules and process builders. So do you know sort of why Salesforce made this decision? I'll say, you know, not that you've spoken to them, but um, you know, why do you think Salesforce made this decision? So workflow rules and process builders are very good tools and they're very easy to use, but they have a big caveat and that's recursiveness. Um, if you remember Salesforce lifecycle, whenever you save or update a record, you will see that usually workflow rules and process builders come after the database commit. That means that whenever they fire, if they change the record itself, it will call again everything. All the other Apex triggers, it will call again other workflow rules and other process builders. So you have a lot of things that are being called repeatedly. And this, uh, it's a big issue for Salesforce governor limits. Uh, Salesforce has always known this and they have been releasing small updates to prevent this from happening. For example, I don't know if you remember two or three years ago on the Salesforce update, they gave, gave us the solution, a checkbox on advance in, process, in the process builder to prevent recursiveness on the process builder. But- I remember. Yeah, but as time goes and Salesforce orgs start becoming more and more complex, you will see that this solution is not enough. A lot of people are running to issues using a lot of process builders and workflow rules. So Salesforce had to think about a better solution. And the better solution released a couple of releases ago was before save flows. 
So, so before we move on to the solution, I, I just want to go back because, you know, I, I agree with you about process builders, right? You know, it definitely saw orgs where you tried to save an opportunity and it took three, four, five seconds to save on a browser with a good internet connection. And that's because of the processing um, cycles and, and, and loops that did were incurred from those process builders and over configuration of them. So, you know, I, I can't say I was ever a fan of process builders, even though they were a very useful tool for automation um, if, if, if held within specific paradigms, right? You know, I think at the end of the day, there's solutions around how to build your process builders so they're sustainable. Nonetheless, um, workflow rules have been around with the platform since almost inception. I mean, early 2000s for sure. So why why leaving those now if they if if sort of we haven't really seen these kinds of problems with workflow rules uh, as much in, in my opinion as as with process builders. So it's funny because process builders were the solution for the lack of options workflow rules had. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but they weren't able to fully implement everything a workflow rule does on the process builder. And that's why they never get rid of the workflow rules. There were certain actions that you could only do in workflow rules even when process builders were, were already available. Actions like outbound messages, for example. Right. And they had a very straightforward create a task option while on process builder, it's a little bit harder to do. And that's one of the things I would be most concerned about because, and I'll say this, right? Um, there's a, a lot of usefulness to being able to send outbound messages. And for those of you who don't know what outbound messages is, is it's basically an XML packet that gets sent to a REST URL, meaning that there's an API that's waiting for any or a specific web address to send them information. And the outbound message will send that information to that URL as that consumable XML package. It's very useful for real-time integration syncs when records are being updated by users. So, so that was my apprehension about what I heard and diving deeper into this. And so, you know, um, just kind of wondering from a solutions perspective, for those of you um, people who are dependent on outbound message type of integrations, will flows still be able to handle that? Are the solutions that, that Salesforce is proposing um, still handle those kinds of, of uh, functionality? Yes, they do. Flows now support outbound messages and that's the very good news here. Amazing, amazing, that, and that is very good news. So then let's dive into it then. I feel much better. What are flows? They came out a few years ago. They've been around for a while, so they're not something that's very new, but I think that they they got a very big upgrade just a few releases ago, as you were saying. So, so what is it that we're going to be working with in the future? So, um... For as developers or for people that work on DevOps and are constantly seeing Salesforce metadata, uh, it's funny because actually process builders are flows. On the background, process builders are saved as lining flows for the system to process them. So you have basically the same structure. The only difference is your interface on how you create them. So out of the bat, when you think about a flow and the flow capabilities, you will know that they can do everything that the process builder does and more 
which is great. Flows are an excellent tool. Um, you could almost do anything you want. Anything you could do with Apex, you can do it with a flow too. And it's easy to build. It's node-based. You have your notes, your actions, what you want to do. You pass variables in between nodes, and you can build any automation you would like. That's great. And do they have any kinds of limitations to them insofar as, because you, you, you mentioned you could do almost anything you can with code. And so does that mean that I can query records with flows, make lists of records? You can query records, you can query sub records, and you can even query unrelated records, which is great too. That is great. So it really gives a non-developer uh, much more power to do automation in the system uh, and someone who can declaratively develop. And, and, and that's the thing, right? You know, even though you don't have to write the code, you do have to understand the logic. And so, you know, it still doesn't mean that anybody who can point and click a mouse can go and configure an enterprise level flow. But, you know, what is sort of the what is the curve and, and, you know, what kind of persons are going to be configuring flows for organizations? You're completely correct. So um, if you see from the admin certification, you learn flows very early on the certification uh, process of Salesforce. But when you learn flows on the basic admin uh, certification, you will see that these are not very complex flows. Salesforce has the advanced admin, uh, depends a little bit more into flows, and they have a partner certification uh, for process automations, which is very, very heavily focused on flows too. You're completely correct. You don't need to be a developer to write a flow or to structure a flow, but you do need to have some developer knowledge because on flows, you can have loops, you can have conditions, you can have all of these different developer, um, I don't want to say keywords, developer statements on the flows. Functions. So you will need to know how functions, that's correct. You have all of these different developer functions on the flows and you will need to know how to use them. And not everybody knows how to use them. Even though they're basic kind of logic, a, a loop or an if, there are logic statements sometimes it's complex to understand how they work. Um, I don't know if that answered your question. It definitely does. And so it, in order to be able and to reiterate, because um, you went uh, very technical with us there in your description, but um, to, to reiterate what you said, in order to be able to configure flows effectively for advanced use cases, um, the type of experience you want is someone with at least a advanced admin certification. And for partner organizations or organizations who are working for other Salesforce customers, there is also the process automation certification that is very heavily weighted towards flows and flow knowledge. And so the expertise for, for this will be available and does exist. I think it's just about knowing who to work with, you know, as, as I know for myself and including a lot of my past customers, um, 
we, there's a lot of process builders and workflows that um, are going to be in orgs and, and, and a lot of people wondering what they're going to do. That's correct. And, and so we know what the timeline is, right? We're all looking now at December of 2022 and wait and see what happens. But what has Salesforce said about um, how they plan on supporting their customers who have uh, a lot of process builders and workflows configured? So Salesforce told us that they're developing a new tool to transform every workflow rule and process builder you have into a flow. Uh, we don't know how this tool looks yet. We don't know how it's going to work. And we should prepare for it. This is a very important topic, and that's why Salesforce has been announcing it for a while. Even though they never explicitly say they were removing flows, uh, they were already dropping hints through every release on the last couple of years. And it's for us to prepare against it. And so I just want to bring up, um, it sounds like lightning and it sounds like there's going to be tools that Salesforce provides that let us know what we need to change, but there's going to be definitely still heavy lift for customers and uh, administrators to, to do once, once, once the conversion begins to happen. That's correct because you need to convert things the correct way. So um, one big problem we usually see on big organizations is that they have several process builders or several workflow rules for the same object. We don't know if Salesforce tool will merge these or how it will merge it if, if it even merges them. So as an administrator or an org team, you should prepare on how you will use the tool, what process builders, what workflow rules you need to uh, switch into flows and plan ahead and create a strategy. Are we merging these process builders and workflow rules? Are we not? Do we keep separate pr uh, processes? Do we create several flows or one flow for everything we have on workflow rules? And it's a challenge. When you see orgs with over a hundred workflow rules with different action criterias, it is a real challenge to know what do you need to move into flows and the moving strategy of them. Agree 100%. And we've done this kind of work before for existing customers and optimizing their automations. Uh, as we've seen, and like you were mentioning, we saw the writing on the wall coming due to the uh, error proneness of process builders as we know them. That's correct. Well, I think there's definitely going to be a need for service providers like Anube who have experience in optimizing orgs already uh, for process builders and workflow rules, as well as automations. And so, you know, I think this is something that we've seen a lot in the past and some of our bigger enterprise customers have come and said, hey, you know, we've got things not working. We've had a lot of configuration kind of been there. A lot of people don't know what it does and we need someone to do an audit and help us kind of figure it out and get us back on the right track. That's correct. Um, and so we created a methodology for optimizing automations already before this announcement came, wherein, you know, we took some of the best practices that Giancarlo mentioned and implemented them for customers already. Yeah, we, we did it for adaptive and we re reduced their order saving from around seven, eight seconds to one second. That's amazing. Thanks so much for being on our show today, Giancarlo. It was great. If you have any questions, 
about how to optimize your automations and what you can do to prepare for becoming change from Salesforce, feel free to reach out to us at www.enube.solutions. That's E-N-N-U-B-E dot solutions.